Hello there, folks, and welcome back to our sixth episode of Isaiah 5812 uh, podcast. And uh, my name is Harold Weikert, and I am your host. And just to remind you what Isaiah 5812 is, is it is those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins, and you will raise up the age-old foundations, and you will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell. Now, some may ask why this is an important scripture, because God's will and God's world and his creation has been breached, and it's been breached by Satan. It's been breached by mankind, and where we have turned away from the the word and the will and the principles that God has laid out before us. And one of the breaches has occurred through um, someone by the name of Leviathan. And we have been taking a look at Leviathan, and this will be our third session uh, on Leviathan. And in our last session, just a quick reminder, we learned that Leviathan is a principality and not a spirit. Well, why may that be important? Uh, it's because a principality is um, is defined as a territory ruled by a prince or from which a prince derives his title. Two, the position or authority or jurisdiction of a prince or a sovereignty. Well, now, who has granted Leviathan all of this? Nobody but but Satan. We live in it in the enemy's world, folks. We live in a foreign country. Remember when Jesus said, you are in this world, but you are not of this world, which means we don't, this isn't our home. This is a place where we're visiting for a while, where we um, are living out our life. So we have to understand that Leviathan is not a spirit because you cannot cast out a principality. You can cast out and bind a, uh, a spirit. And you and I cannot deal with Leviathan. Remember in Job 41, which is the, the chapter that is devoted to Leviathan, and Leviathan is the only spirit or principality that has a complete chapter devoted to it. It says in there that when you go to battle, if you go to battle with Leviathan, remember the battle because you're not going to do it again. And the only one that can defeat Leviathan is, is the mighty, terrible, powerful word of the Lord, the sword of the Lord. And it cannot be dealt with, but on, in this heaven, but in the heavenlies above. And we read in Ephesians 6.12, for the struggle was not against flesh and blood here on earth, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness, wickedness and in the heavenly places. So we can't do battle with Leviathan here. Because if we do, we're going to get ate up. Now, the idea of a prince devil spirits 
See, Leviathan has spirits that he sends out. He's got little demons that go out and, and work on his behalf. And um, the idea of the prince devil spirits ruling or controlling a region, well, that is supported in the Old Testament book of Daniel and in chapter 10. And if you recall, uh, that's where Daniel has prayed to God, and he's waiting and waiting and waiting for an answer, and God doesn't seem to hear. And it reads in Daniel chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Then said he to me, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and humbling yourself before God, your words were heard, and I am come in response to your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia was withstanding me, for 21 days. Then behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left there with the king of Persia. So when we have prayers that we usher up and we don't seem to hear those prayers and we don't get a response to our prayers, it's very possible and probably is the fact that there is a demon or a devil spirit that is warring with the angel that's bringing our answer. In Isaiah 65, 24, we have to stand on this word and understand it completely. It says in Isaiah 65, 24, before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. Our prayers are answered before we even ask. So we have to understand that if our prayers aren't getting answered, there could be something going on that we need to pray about in the heavenlies. They could be interfered with because that's what Leviathan's job is. Remember in... in, uh, Revelation 20, it speaks about the dragon positioning himself before the woman to devour the offspring as as it's born. Well, that's a direct implication of Leviathan, who is the dragon, standing before the things of God to devour them or to interfere with or to block those things that God has for us so that we cannot be blessed by by God. So he stands in front of the Holy of Holies in between you and me and the holy things that God has for us. Now, we have to entertain this and understand this, that a spirit is the innermost part of a man. The Bible writers use the Hebrew word ruach, or the Greek word, Numa, when writing about the spirit. The scriptures themselves show the meaning of these words. For instance, in Psalm 104.29, it states, If you, Jehovah, take away their spirit, Ruach, they die and return to the dust. And James 2.26 notes that the body without spirit, Numa, is dead. In these verses, then, spirit refers, 
I'm uh, I'm losing my place here. The spirit. Okay, hang on. The spirit refers to that. Therefore, in the Bible. Okay, I'm messed up here someplace. Um, therefore, in the Bible, the word ruach is translated not only as spirit, but also as force or life force. For example, concerning the flood in Noah's day, God said, I am going to bring floodwaters upon the earth to destroy from under the heavens all flesh that has been has the breath or ruach of life. In Genesis 6, 17, 7, 15, and 22, spirit thus refers to an invisible force, the spark of life, that animates all living creatures. Although Leviathan is the only demon or principality that the Bible dedicates a whole chapter to, other references can be found in the following verses. Ephesians 6.12 For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the powers, the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of witness in the heavenly places. The battle here is not referring to godless philosophers, Christ-denying cultists, or infidel rulers, but against demonic forces, against battalions of fallen angels, against evil spirits who wielded tremendous power. We cannot see them, but we are surrounded by wicked spirit beings. The good news is that they cannot indwell a true believer, but they can oppress and harass them. We as Christians should not fear them or be morbidly preoccupied with them. We have all we have all we need in the armor of God. The apostle here speaks of fallen angels as principalities and powers, as the rulers of the darkness of this age, and as the spiritual forces in the heavenly places. This passage could be referring to differing degrees of authority, such as presidents, governors, and mayors. Proverbs six thirteen through 19 Who winks with his eyes? Who signals with his feet? Who points with his fingers? Who with perversity in his heart continually devises evil? Who spreads strife? Therefore, his calamity will come suddenly. Instantly, he will be broken, and there will be no healing. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven, which are on abominate, which is an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deceit devises wicked plans. Feet that run rapidly to evil. A false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. If we take a moment and look at our circumstances today with our, quote, political parties, we can see a lot of this happening today. And this is not pleasing to God. Psalm 104.26 says, there, 
there the ships move along, and Leviathan, which you have formed to sport in it. 74, 13 through 14. You divided the sea by your strength, and you broke the heads of the sea monsters in the waters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan. You gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. Isaiah 27, 1. In that day the Lord will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, with his fierce and great and mighty sword, and even Leviathan, the twisted serpent, and he will kill the dragon who lives in the sea. Revelation 12.3 Then another sign appeared in heaven, and behold, a great dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his head were seven diadems. The diadems here refer to the power to rule which was given by Satan. A diadem is a jeweled crown or headband worn as a symbol of of sovereignty. We're going to stop there for this session. The next session, we'll be taking a look at Job chapter 41. But all of this information, I want you to ponder because it demonstrates to you the power that Satan has. Now, even though he is powerful, a lot of people think that Satan's dead, but that's not true. Jesus Christ came and he suffered and he conquered the power of death. We are no longer, as believers, spirit-filled, born-again believers, we are no longer under the threat of death because the sting of death has no more power over you and me because we have a life that is eternal. Today is July the 28th. Today we celebrate the birthday of my oldest grandson, Jackson. Today he would be 20 years old. He passed away last year at the age of 19. He has cerebral palsy. Now, we no longer have him physically present with us, but that young man lives in our hearts. And I am so happy and overjoyed that when Jackson entered into the kingdom of heaven, he took off running because, see, in this life down here, he could do nothing for himself. Confined to a wheelchair, he could smile and make some noises. And, oh, that's all he needed to do in order to express love. But when that young man entered into the kingdom of heaven, he broke free from all those bondages. And I I tell this story that I can just see it now. Jack walks into the, the kingdom, into heaven, and God is there to greet him. And that little boy took off a running because he had a new body. He's got a new life. And God is standing there going, Jack, Jack, wait a minute. I got to talk to you. But he took off running. And I cannot imagine the year that Jack has spent with his Savior, Jesus Christ, because he's got a whole new body. He's got a whole new life that is going to go on forever. So you see, we don't need to be so concerned about this life because 
we have a life that's been promised to us. And Jesus overcame the penalties of this of this realm, of this earth, of this life, so that we can have that life eternal. So we need to rejoice and be glad every day that our names are written in the book of life. And if you feel something tugging at your heart right now, that's Jesus calling you. You need to answer. You need to answer. Because he loves you. If he's pulling and tugging at your heart, if you're feeling a conscious weight looking up and looking for something more, that's Jesus' love shining on you. So I'll be praying for all of you. And Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to learn. We thank you for your, lear- your word. We thank you, Lord, for your promises to never leave us or forsake us, that we have a life eternal with you and in you. And we thank you, Lord, that you loved us enough. When we ask the question, how much do you love us? You stretched out your arms and you said this much. We thank you, Father, for your love, your grace, and your mercy. And I thank you for blessing all everyone who hears, in the name of Jesus. God bless everybody.